can't talk about Survivor with somebody who hasn't. Yes, seen you can because I I haven't seen it in seasons, but I love when you talk about Survivor. I haven't was, seen it since. Uh, uh, what was the one with uh, the guy who was naked? That was the first <laughs> season. Yes, that's the last time I've seen it. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Pajiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. I'm Pajiba contributor Dan Hamamura, and with me as always are Deputy Editor Tori Preston. Hello. And the Pajiban least likely to secretly be Banksy, Dustin Rolls. <laughs> Hello, Dan. <laughs> that was a scientific, we took a scientific poll in the office, and uh, Dustin, you're really? least likely to be Banksy, so congratulations. That is uh, this week on the show, obviously we're going to talk about Mandalorian and Watchmen, and uh, a couple other things. Uh, we will have Dustin's Riverdale recap shortly. But first of all, uh, what's everybody drinking? Tori? Oh, I'm drinking. So I bought a third bottle of that Phantom wine because, like, I, now I just walk into the store and if they have it, I'm like, well, I know I like it. Why is it that I get uh, in trouble for drinking the same thing every week? But now you're you've fallen into your own rut of uh, uh, Phantom wine. Did, yeah, it's Phantom wine. <laughs> Like, I don't know what part of this you're not getting. <laughs> it's a mystery and half dead. <laughs> Fair enough. Dustin, what about you? I am drinking a fancy, well, it's not really a fancy Chardonnay, but typically I have like an $8.99 char- uh, wine, but I got like a $12 Chardonnay because I had game night this weekend and we're going to, you know. I have a fancy wine, but nobody drank it, so now I'm drinking it. And it's not that great for $12. All right, but now <laughs> last week you talked about how uh, it's it's bad for you to drink white wine during the podcast. Yeah. That's that's true. And you know what? I had red wine last week, and you know what? I drank the whole bottle. <laughs> you did. So, so there's so just nothing work. I can do. No. All right. It's, it's hopeless. I feel like, what if you tried, like, gin or... Well, Jim is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, no, it's well. That's my point. It's so bad that you won't want to drink a whole mm-hmm. bottle. Well, also, I won't that drink would kill it you. at all. Oh, true. It's you got to you know. It's hard to find that happy medium. So, are you having coffee and seltzer alongside no, your wine? Just the wine tonight. Well, it's white wine. I'll just. <laughs> it's just like water to me. I just you know. <laughs> You'll stay hydrated. It'll be That's fine. right. <laughs> we'll see how Dustin sounds in about 30 minutes. Uh, as for me, I'm drinking uh, Reverend Nat's Hard Cider, which is from Oregon, oh. I guess, because uh, a friend of mine is in town and is visiting from or uh, well, yeah, from Oregon, and brought me a six pack of this uh, cider, and it's some kind of pineapple cider. I don't know. It's a cider. Oh, it's uh, it's fine. I don't understand any of the words that are on here, but. Did you ask ask Roxana for her recommendation? Because pineapple cider sounds like her jam. <laughs> I did not. This was just this just showed up uh, at my door. So <laughs> it's not really. A are there dead thing. animals on it? <laughs> there are no dead animals. There are a lot of a uh, lot of words in varying typefaces, uh, so it looks very hipstery. Oh, um, what are the words like? Uh, well, so Coyote. the name is Viva Sunset. La Pineapple. Uh, there's a quote from Reverend Nat West. Uh, Come, friends, I will bring the cider. We will drink ourselves full, and the night shall be spirited. I don't know. And there's something uh, about Costa Rica on the back. It's too many words. I'm not, I'm not reading it. That's a lot of words. Yeah, the whole can is words. Like, it looks like a... Uh, yeah, I know. It looks like it's from, from Portland, so it's appropriate. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you know what else is fair enough, Tori? Oh, I bet I have a guess. <laughs> uh, every week, Dustin Rolls brings us the news from uh, from Riverdale. <laughs> the news, <laughs> very fair and balanced, fair and balanced news from from Dustin. It's uh, that's right. It's time once again for Dustin's Riverdale recap. Uh, Dustin Rolls will give us the all the happenings in Riverdale in thirty words or less, and maybe ten. But uh, he claims that's impossible. So. Unfairly unlikely yeah. to be 10. Uh, but Dustin, fact, take it away. I'm only given 30 words, and therefore I'm actually not able to get everything in the episode into my 30 <laughs> words. But I will share, you, share with you the highlights in 30 words. Mr. Chipping 
jumps headfirst out of a window, and Tony still hasn't left Cheryl even after she drowned a doll in a bathtub to kill the spirit of the triplet she ate in utero. Okay, none of those people are on this show. That's, what show did you mm-hmm. actually watch? All of those <laughs> things happened. And I left out everybody else's storylines. <laughs> I feel like you wasted a lot of words describing triplet she drowned and she murdered in utero. Yeah, but that's a, that's a fun thing to <laughs> well, <that's> describe. <laughs> yeah, there's no waste there. I needed to know every single <laughs> bit of that. <laughs> Who, who's Mr. Chipping? Mr. Chipping is Jughead's teacher at a prep school that he's now attending. So he's not dead? Uh, he may be dead. We oh, don't they know. still haven't revealed? Right, he jumped head first. I mean, he like literally turned and like ran to the window and jumped head first. It was very funny. The Except, teacher did? Yes. <laughs> he was supposed to... There was another teacher who had to plagiarize some stuff, and he was going to tell on the teacher, but he couldn't do it, so instead he jumped out the window. That's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So instead of wow. telling the administration that another teacher was plagiarizing, he jumped yes. out a window. Yes. Or just not saying anything. Right. Like, not talking is an option. What, what, what was the... How did the guilt build? I mean, I mean to, to the point where he's, uh, he'd rather jump out the window. Well, Jughead had asked him to intervene because the guy who had plagiarized had plagiarized uh, Jughead's grandfather's novels. Right, but Jughead's dead. <laughs> well, only in the flash forward. In the present, he's still alive. Oh, he's still... I didn't know there was a... There's a lot you're leaving out of these. I, I, I feel like you're not doing a very good job of recapping. I mean, look, Dustin, we give you one job. And yeah. it's, it's just to, Where, it's just to bring no us all point. the news. Yeah, uh, it really feels like you're you're kind of. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to call you out on the air, but it, it seems like you're kind of slacking. Sorry. Wait, does that mean that <laughs> Betty and Archie and Veronica were only arrested in a flash forward? Correct. Yes. Okay. But right now, and I, I should just mention this briefly, because Betty's half brother, who's in the FBI, is <laughs> also lovers with Chick, <laughs> the guy who used to pose as Betty's half brother but then murdered somebody and is now in prison. But So he's not the dead one, right? The rat one? Or was that in a flash forward? Oh, that's Cheryl. Oh, Cheryl's he's, brother. Yeah, yeah Cheryl is, Cheryl's twin, and then he has, they have a triplet who died in utero whose spirit is haunting them. And that's the okay. one that, that they just tried to exercise. Right. Wait. What season is this? Because uh. <laughs> wasn't Cheryl's brother, the, the first dead, the not in sure. utero dead brother, wasn't that the first episode? Yes, that was the first episode. So he's literally been in that basement the whole time? No, no, they just found him. Like last season? Yeah, at the farm. The so cult. he hadn't, okay. So he hadn't died and then he oh, did Oh, no, he, he's been dead the whole time. He's been dead the whole show. Okay, so the rat story goes back to the first step. Like, well, however long the rat's been in the corpse, guys, we need to have this show needs a lot more fast forwards and, and flashbacks, and I'm I'm intrigued. The things okay. that that rat could tell us. That rat could be. Oh, what if that rat is Gossip Girl? You guys. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Shows. What if it's actually the guy? What if the rat wrote? Jughead's grandfather's novels <laughs> and killed Jughead. That would explain why Mr. Chipping jumped out the window. Guys, uh, if any producers from Riverdale are listening, um, we're available to join your writing. We are 100% available to the rat focused spinoff. <laughs> In fact, I can make myself even more available. <laughs> Uh, Is the Riverdale uh, writer the same writer? Yeah, he's the same writer as the show that you like. Sabrina. Yeah, we covered, we covered that last yeah, week. Yeah, we did this last week. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sabrina, why do you always turn it around on me? Right. I, yes, Sabrina is great. <laughs> I mean, look, Dustin, you're the, you're, you are the Riverdale super fan, so I don't know why you're trying to... Yeah. It's, like you, it's like you're trying to share your shame with everybody. Yeah. Like you can feel guilty, but you don't have to twist it. I don't think you should feel guilty. I think that I think that Dustin, you should just own it that you you love Riverdale with a passion. It's just so it, no. that burned so brightly 
that shirtless you, arch you have is to... the only reason I watch. <laughs> <laughs> At least, I mean, that's a reason. It's a good reason. Yeah. It's why most people, I think, stick around. Uh, oh I, I, if you look it up, you know, it's probably middle-aged people who watch it more than the teens. Well, because teenagers don't know who Archie and Veronica, like, <laughs> but do you, like I we mean, grew up knowing we? that stuff. I yeah. grew up on barely Archie. Did you knew not? that that existed. No. Oh, they were, I totally The Archie did. comics, like, I knew they existed, but they were on, like, the rack. They were on, like, the lame rack at the comic book store. Well, of course. <laughs> so I never read them. I just saw them and said, oh, I don't want that. Where's the I X-Men? confused them with Dagwood forever. Dagwood is not associated, is he? I don't know. I think that is Dagwood a comic was. strip. Yes, but it wasn't Archie a comic strip. <laughs> I no. thought Archie was just the books. It's like comics, but I always remembered the they had because they were on the grape juice jars, and then everyone used them as glasses, or they just were in glasses. Is that Dagwood or is that Archie? No, Archie. Because oh. I always drank out of like Archie. <laughs> Glasses at my grandmother's. When you dropped your Archie glass and busted it, did your grandmother say, God damn it, Tori, we can't have nice things. <laughs> no, I was very careful as a child, Dustin. I drank <laughs> with both hands and I put it on the table. <laughs> I think that was a, is that a Stephen Wright joke? Maybe it was Stephen Wright that my dad repurposed when I was a kid. When I dropped oh, really? The, when I dropped the Flintstones glass. Oh, wow. That was like a real moment of personal pain. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, didn't, was, I didn't mean to like... He was doing it in jest, but also <laughs> it was the nice things. It was you. Yeah, you really liked that. Yeah. That was the Flintstones glass. <laughs> that's right. And that's Dustin's Riverdale recap. Thank you. Man, <laughs> we really got Shit into it tonight. Real. I just wanted <laughs> to oh see how long, how long, we, how far down the rabbit hole we could go. Like <laughs> well, oh. when that rat comes Man. up... <laughs> yeah, we go down a hole. Uh, oh. Anyway, uh, turning to this week's TV, uh, let's start with The Mandalorian. Uh, two episodes last week. In, uh, when did Disney Plus premiere? Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. So Tuesday, obviously, uh, nobody could watch Disney Plus because they were having technical issues. But by Wednesday, <laughs> everyone was happy uh, and everyone got to see The Mandalorian. And uh, second episode was released on Friday. And uh, I know I enjoyed it, and Tori, I believe you enjoyed it as well. Yes. Um, I feel like this is a show that could be described in ten words or less. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Something, something, Baby Yoda. What? What do you? What else yeah. do you need? Like, yeah, yeah, wandering space dude, right. and Baby Yoda. Yeah, like there. Not a whole lot, to be fair, has happened on the show mm-hmm. yet, but it's really nailed like the mood, and I mean, it came out of the gate and really was something different and, and ah, really enjoyable. And the two, and also the two episodes were very different and, and it sounds weird to be happy about this, but I, the first episode was like 40 minutes. The second episode was a half an hour. Mm-hmm. Like it just felt so relaxing. <laughs> like You get in, you enjoy it. It's over. Right. It doesn't exhaust its welcome. Um, and there's a, an adorable baby Yoda, mm-hmm. which I know is not technically Yoda. Although I keep holding out that maybe it's Yoda reincarnated because we know nothing about that alien species. Right. We don't even know the, the name of the species. We don't know the name of the species. Um, yeah. There's been two of them. Yeah. Um, until until the new one. Right. And, there, Tori, I wanted to ask you this, because there, there seems to be something... I mean, a lot of the TV that we watch and praise these days tends to be pretty complex. Uh, but yeah. The Mandalorian is pretty... I mean, obviously, there are mysteries, and the, a lot of things aren't answered. But as far as the narrative, like the immediate plot, it's pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. And it's very a yeah. to, like point A to point B, uh, but in a way that it's still entertain, entertaining to watch. Uh, and, you know, the, the action set pieces are really exciting. Yeah, and it's it's weird because it is so... I mean, if you even if you go back and think of, like, A New Hope, it was a very... I mean, it was textbook, like, hero's journey, very straightforward. Right. It wasn't like there were a whole lot of twists until, you know, Darth Vader being the dad. Mm-hmm. Um, dum, dum, so dum. it's... So in... <laughs> what'd you say, Dustin? <laughs> Nothing I just said. <laughs> 
Dustin, you're I not mean, part of this. You I'm said sorry. that you don't I'm like sorry. Star Wars, so you stay out. I don't dislike Star Wars. I'm just not into Star Wars. And the worst part is you would actually like this show. You would definitely like this show. Everything you're saying about it is just like, it's not complex. It's simple no, narrative. No, 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 no. It's, it's, but, but, sounds like it's a 10-year-old show. Uh, no. So this one is <laughs> not... It is simple, but in a very different way from the other Star Wars mm-hmm. was the point I was going to make, Dustin. <laughs> Um, it is straightforward, but it's much more about kind of atmosphere and mood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you are setting up, it is a Western. It is, uh, you have a lone, essentially your lone gunslinger. This is Favreau is, did it, right? Yeah, Favreau also did, did it. Cowboys and, and Aliens. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just you, say, you, you say that like it's a bad thing, Dustin. God damn it, Dustin. All right. So, uh, you know, and it's riffing on a lot of people have drawn the connection to Lone Wolf and Cub. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, the story is not there's not quite at least at this thus far, not as much revenge. Like you have this guy who is a bounty hunter, as I guess it, I feel like all man. I know not all Mandalorians are, but certainly they <laughs> seem to be that we've met. So it makes sense that this one. Right. Every Mandalorian is, we've met has become a bounty hunter at some point. <gasps> Until, yeah, until, actually, until this show, because they introduced the armorer. Right. Who is, seems to be some sort of, like, spiritual or community leader for the remaining Mandalorians. Mm -hmm. And there was some purge that you don't know about. Right. um, That left uh, our main character as a sort of orphan. Um, But, yeah, so he's got, like, a vaguely sketched in backstory that has a lot of question marks, but you don't really need to know it. You never see his face, but you do get, he's the physicality you get off the character. Like you, you can tell what he's thinking even through the helmet, which I, I was really worried about and I'm actually very impressed with how they've pulled it off. Right. Um, and then you've got, he's got this bounty that he's collected, uh, that everyone wants still. And it's worth a lot of money, except that it's a baby Yoda who has force powers Mm -hmm. and is a 50 year old child. And so the baby Yoda is the MacGuffin. Yes. Okay. Uh, and the question right now is he's he's going to turn it in, but mm-hmm. or or he's on the way. But then you have the question of well, will he actually do it, or what happens when he does do it? Right. Um, you saw star uh, stormtroopers hanging out with Werner Herzog, uh, which is the client. So how connected to the fallen empire? What do they want with this force baby? Uh, and what connection is he? Because I just keep coming back to, they have to keep the helmet on the character because if you took the helmet off, you'd see this guy falling in love with this baby Yoda. Right. Because it's impossible looking at it to not <laughs> fall in love with it. So, like, he's going to cave. And they he's hired gonna. Pedro Pascal to wear a helmet. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, it, but to Tori's point, it's, there, are, there are moments where it's, the the emotion comes through in like a shockingly effective way. Like I was surprised at how yeah. uh, how effective they were at conveying uh, emotion through the despite the fact that you can't see his face. Yeah, um, like you read his reactions mm-hmm. loud and clear but without his facial expressions. Could it not have been any actor off of the street? But well, I mean, I feel like if you're at any point, hiring Pedro Pascal is a good move. Sure. <laughs> like, I guess it could be someone else, but I'm certainly not going to argue that, like, it shouldn't be him. He's great. And, and maybe he'll take his mask off. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And now, explain to me again how this is related to Boba Fett. Uh, you, it's not. He's just the same They're the same race, yeah, race or, or uh, culture of, of people. People, all right. But Boba right. Fett is not actually in it. Wasn't no he was he's no. not although uh, th- he I, died in the Sarlacc pit he did uh, although I did hear uh, or read on a on a someone else's analysis not mine and I'm blanking on the name unfortunately but uh, someone said that they thought they saw him in like the there's a one of the bar scenes that he's in um, oh. so it might have just been nothing or it might be an Easter egg or it might be some hint that. He's out well, there. Well, they all they all kind of wear the same armor. Also, wasn't Boba Fett a wasn't he a clone? Yes, he's oh the clone child of, of Django. 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 Yes. So he could 
I mean, there could be more clones. There could knows? be more clones. Uh, Maybe the Mandalorian is a lost Boba Fett clone, uh, you know, clone. I don't know. Look, Dustin, Ooh. the point is that why aren't you watching? It, well, yeah, that's the, those questions really like, stop mattering. really given me no reason whatsoever. <laughs> no, but that's the whole thing. So all the questions of how it ties into the greater Star Wars universe, to me, like, after the first episode, became moot. Like, I don't actually care. Yeah. I'm so I am just, so much more invested in this guy and this baby, right. and I don't really care about like the extended Star Wars. And really, universe. it's like eighty percent the baby. It's oh my gosh! <laughs> it's so it's so it's good. so yeah and adorable and and the weird little monsters that pop up mm-hmm. and it eats the frog and then there's the giant horn thing. Yeah. Oh, it's great. And you don't need and there's he uses like you don't there aren't lightsabers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just a Western. With lasers? No, but there, well, there's a, it, well, it's not even really a laser gun. It's like, I mean, his gun is, his rifle is. Yeah, his rifle. It's kind of blasty. It feels more almost like a <laughs> shotgun. I mean, he even has to yeah. load shells into it's it. It's a little blasty. Yeah. And then there's the Taika Waititi bot. That's true too. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. And, and yeah. just, I mean, take Star Wars out of the equation. Right. Uh, where would you put the sh- show? Would you rank it next to, uh, I don't know, what's, what is a, uh, a stump town? <laughs> Watchmen? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying scale. to decide where this sort of fits in like, well, it's, in terms of it's nowhere entertainment near as serious. Value. So it's nowhere, I think it's. It's nowhere near as serious or as dense as Watchmen, but in terms of having a very clear uh, atmosphere and and mood, like like it is more like that than a network show. Like it doesn't feel like a network show at all, but it's also much more relaxing to watch. Right. It's not. It doesn't feel like. I mean, as much as I'm enjoying Watchmen, it doesn't feel like work in the way. Like you're trying. You're not trying to decipher everything. Right, but you do feel like there procedural? is a creative vision behind it. I mean, no, it's just like one. <laughs> what part of it? It's a I, western. <laughs> I understand, but you're like it's simple, it's relaxing. But it's, there is... I mean, it's basically so. So as an example, episode it's a one. Episode one is he gets hired to after you're introduced to him, he's hired to find this uh, this uh, target, which it turns out is the baby, and so he gets the baby. And but it's yeah. The first episode is just him trying to locate and okay. and get through yeah. all the guards and and, and secure then, it before other. Bounty and then episode members. two is basically okay. I have the baby now. I need to get off the planet, and it's him facing a series of obstacles until that point. So right. it's essentially a movie broken into episodes. Right. And uh, but it's very straightforward. It's a it's a journey. It is just a dude trying to complete his job. And it's broken and into chapters. And is this going to be like a, a multi-season thing? I have no idea. No. I don't know if they've announced that. They haven't, but I would imagine if it makes any kind of money, then... I mean, it's Disney. They'll spend yeah. it out. Also, how many? Yeah. Also, how much money are they spending on sets that they... I guess they can reuse them for the movies, but... Yeah. Yeah. And we also still have... Um, like, what I liked was the first episode felt much bigger. Like, it had a lot more locations. The second episode was really kind of a little bottle episode. Right. And, you know, like, it's just they're on that planet. That's it. Very targeted. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and I know it, it'll expand its view again because they have all these people who have been cast in the show who haven't shown up yet. Um, so we know still that Gina Carano and... Uh, I know Ming-Na Wen mm-hmm. is going to be in it. And, oh, who's the other person? Oh, Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, that's right. I forgot about him. Yeah. So, like, these are all actors who haven't even appeared yet. And, yeah. And then Nick Nolte. I don't know if we'll see more of him. I, I was uh, surprised that we even got a second episode of him. So that was... I was, too. That was impressive. Now, that was um, good. does... Um, what's his face? Um, damn it. The director. Um, Herzog? Herzog. Werner Herzog. Does he know what's going on? <laughs> You mean Werner Herzog, the person? Yes. Or the character. No, the person. Uh, he knows what's going on and and what his character is doing and what's going on around him. Or is he just there for shits and giggles? I th- I mean, he seems to be there for shits and giggles, but it's uh, he's there for our shits and giggles, I think he's too. there like, to say parsec. Yeah. Kind <laughs> like of God, the way he says it. Oh. Like, he's he's not distracting. Like, it doesn't feel like he's... 
Right. He he does you know, feel like he would be. I, he's I mean, trying. outside of the fact that you know imperial officers were all British, uh, he 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 would fit into kind of that. Like I buy him as a as a as a former imperial officer, but yeah, uh, it's definitely a little bit of like it's Werner Herzog, the imperial officer, <laughs> which yeah. is fine. I don't have a it's problem great. with that. So I look forward to him coming back yeah. too. Uh, well, if yeah. if all the episodes are going to be half an hour, I will try it out so that I can at least discuss it intelligently with the two of you. Mm. This very bad show. Watch the okay. next episode. It's not that. You know what? I'm, just, bad I'm just kidding. I don't know. You know what? I hope, I was just, I hope the third episode, I hope he gets hooked no, no. on the first two episodes yeah. and the is. third episode is an hour and a half. Yeah. I was just really <laughs> trying to avoid watching a Disney show. Well, Dustin, uh, you you can't always watch uh, the Parent Trap and the other Parent Trap. <laughs> that's um, true. That's true. Wait, what are you talking about? You did watch a dis- a Disney. No, show. I just watched it. I watched one, and I watched the Goldblum show, and that was basically just not to, to get invested, but to, to review the one episode, and it was not good. Yeah. <laughs> And so there's not there's like what, what you're saying is your bar your bar is low right but but there's like six what are there six shows on Disney so far six new original shows yeah because it's on encore high school musical the blah blah the blah blah yeah um uh yeah the Nat G, yeah the well I thought I would one. watch the one that no one else was watching just to see because I I figured nobody's gonna have this ground stomped so I stomped it. <laughs> And it was not good. I mean, it was it was Jeff Goldblum uh, talking about it's like a little documentary series where he like talks about a particular topic. The first episode was sneakers, so he like talked with a lot of experts about sneakers and designers about sneakers. And then he went out on a basketball court and talked to people who play basketball about sneakers. And um, it was not insightful. It's just very much: <laughs> Do you like Jeff Goldblum, and do you want to hang out with Jeff Goldblum for half an hour? And what was the answer when well, you reached the end? The thing about Jeff Goldblum is he's great in small doses, but you know, over the he's kind of creepy. <laughs> he does this little yeah. purring uh, thing. He does a lot, and you think I've seen it in movies and stuff. It's like a little thing, you know. But right. he does it all yeah. the time here, and it's after Ooh. you're like, oh my god, people just he has a wife that he probably does that with all the time. <laughs> Oh, God. I know. He does it like yeah. five times in this episode, and you're like, dude. Yeah, when you think about it, he's very good at being like the supporting yeah. actor who mm-hmm. shows up, and you like, you're excited to see him in a couple of scenes, but. This is yeah. a lot of Jeff Goldblum. Huh. The purring. I'm never going to, I'm never going to get that out of my head no. now. Whenever <laughs> <laughs> I see him. I mean, he's charming, just a little creepy. Yeah. Which is also sneakers. Like, well, that was the first. How much is there to say about sneakers? You wouldn't. There's not a a lot, honestly. He tried to go through the history of it. It wasn't interesting. He like (laughs) um, he met a designer. He had a shoe design for him. He went to a sneaker con and basically just wowed at how much all these sneakers cost. And then he did an unwrapping video for YouTube where he unboxed some sneakers. And I think the second huh. episode is ice cream. Okay, but ice cream actually is interesting. Sure, sure. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be able to fill half an hour on ice cream. <laughs> on ice cream. And purring. There's I so mean, many It's flavors. just Jeff Goldblum licking ice cream the whole time. Oh, it, it's going to feel vaguely sexual and weird and uncomfortable. You're going to watch it, aren't you? No, no. <laughs> now, we, now we know why Dustin is enjoying the show. Yes. Next week, Dustin's uh, Jeff Bull- Goldblum ice cream review <laughs> in 30 words or less. If you're talking uh, uncomfortable sex- sexual, um, no, I don't know how to put that. We always are. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was trying to segue into Survivor here, with, but that, right. that started to get weird. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, no, th- but but that was a good that was a good uh, good attempt, Dustin. Thank you, and uh, we applaud Leave your it effort. To the pros. And uh, yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about what went down on Survivor? Because neither of us have watched, but I've heard things that yeah, say this is like the uh, I mean, there, okay, so like two years ago, there's in, in modern Survivor history, there's been like 
one other episode that was like huge. And that was when a, a trans player was outed. And that just like was like, oh, yeah. holy shit. Because it was like this horribly upsetting moment that, that, that uh, CBS managed to uh, salvage and turn into something actually really good and really positive. And it was great. And then this week they had another one of these sort of like big cultural moments and they shat all over it. They just did everything wrong. Um, basically, uh, there's a player called named Dan. He's a Hollywood agent and he's been sort of like inappropriately touching women all season long. Like, oh, God. Not, not like, you know, it's not... He's like, you know, he puts his hand on their faces and like caresses them or like puts his hand on the small of their back or, yeah. you know, touches their toes or whatever. It's, it's like, um, it's creepy. Right. But it's not, I mean... It's, it's not okay, and it's not consensual, but it's... Right. It's, it's not... He's not... Not the sort of thing that you immediately notice. Right. right. He just... As an onlooker. Right. He just makes them really unco- uncomfortable. And, and this one particular player had felt uncomfortable about this, but didn't really want to say anything, because it was, you know, he was just, like, grabbing the small of her back. But then she started talking to another player who had the same experiences, and they sort of got together... And they started talking with some other women. And then the show just sort of showed us a lot of these moments. And you're like, oh, 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 oh. And Kelly, who's like the player at the center of all this, she's explaining this on camera. And she's like, you know, I talked to these other women. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is real. It's actually happening. It's not all in my head. Blah, blah, blah. And she starts crying. And then a producer comes on, which never happens on Survivor, and says, you know, if if you're feeling uncomfortable, you just have to say something to us and we will do something about it, which is exactly what she had just done for like, right. And they did nothing at that point. So at this point it gets really confusing for the players because Kelly, who had bonded with a a player named Missy over these experiences they also wanted to vote each other out. Not because they disliked each other, but because in the game of Survivor, likable players are who you target because you don't want them to go to the end because they'll win. So they were targeting each other. And this older woman named Janet, she got involved and she hears about all of these incidents of the women. And she's like, you know, we're going to put gameplay aside for this one tribal council, and we're just going to get rid of Dan. So that was wow. So that was the plan, but two women decided to use this opportunity to vote out Kelly, the woman who was subjected to the most most uh, of this, and that's yeah. exactly what happened. They voted her out. They voted her out. Meanwhile, the creep stayed in. And the woman who tried to form this alliance against the creep gets thrown under the bus. So that was terrible. But it was a double episode. It got so much worse. Because in the next tribal council, all of this comes out. And Dan ends up, you know, trying to apologize. And a lot of the men on the tribal council are defending him and saying... You know, she didn't actually experience any of this. It was all part of her strategy. It was all part of her game. She was making all of this up in order to vote out somebody else. It was in, it was uncomfortable. It was all the more so because Kelly, who the person who got voted out, was on the, sitting on the jury mm-hmm. and could not say a word. Yeah. So she just had to and, watch all of this. And, and at this point, like, the show did go back and, like, edit. Like, viewers have seen actual yes, footage of yes. him. So the audience knows. It's just the other players who are defending him haven't seen that footage. Right. right. And the men, oh. like, there's one guy who was like, um, he was like, if this were really a problem, the women would have come to the men to tell us about it. And that's when you're like, <sighs> what? No, <sighs> What? So, dude. <laughs> yes, dude. So, there was one guy 
his name is Jamal, who's like actually really great. And he actually, you know, defended Kelly and stood up for her and was like telling, put the men in their place, blah, blah, blah. He was voted out. Of course. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the creepy guy is still on the show. <laughs> and Jeff, at the end of the Tribal Council, he basically like, you know, it's complicated, it's captivating, it's all part of the game. Oh, Ugh. Jesus, Jeff. Exactly. It's like the worst thing. And what he had done with Zeke, uh, the trans person who was outed two years ago, when that happened during the Tribal Council, Jeff basically just kicked that guy out off the show that got out of it. Right. He said, we're not even going to go bother with a vote tonight. We're just going to get rid of this guy. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what the, he should have done on this show. But he, the, the, they... Yeah, having it go for a double episode and have the guy not... And that's the other thing. Like, the producers came forward and said, if this is happening, tell us. It's like, well, you just recorded right. them talking <laughs> right. about it. You clearly have the footage. Do something. It shouldn't have even gotten to Jeff. Right. Well, it was all... You know, it would have been, I think, a really good episode. And because it did present all of these issues and they did have these long extended conversations about it, if at the end of the episode there were actually consequences, but it was basically like what it was a very much a reflection of reality. It was all of this conversation, but then in in the end, nothing happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No consequences. They, or worse, consequences against the person who, exactly. the, you know, right. the whistleblower right. and anyone who defends. Right. And yeah, the woman who tried to put the alliance together against the creepy guy who ended up at the end of the episode, she ended up feeling like she never should have done that. She should have kept her, you know, kept herself and minded her own business, she said. When, when that is the exact wrong lesson to take from this. She did right. the, the absolute right thing to do and she was punished for it. So yeah. the show ended up protecting itself over its players. And it was very upsetting. A lot of people have vowed to quit the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly, after they basically got rid of all the good players here. So there's yeah. really not many good players left. So, you know, we'll see. I'm not going to quit because I, I'm hopeful that... They figure it out and I don't know. Find a way to address it. Well, well, yeah, I feel like there's something coming up that's going to retroactively fix it. I'm probably wrong, but. <laughs> so, Dustin, since, since you watch the show, uh, do, you, do you think that this is, uh, do you think that they were trying to, uh, it, do you think that this was like a, uh, a mistake? I mean, in terms of like, did they, were they trying to do something like trying to shape a particular narrative that didn't work out? Or do you think that they were just like, oh, this is compelling? Uh, you know, I think that because, you know, they could have edited all of this out. Right. They didn't right. have to make. Yeah. I think when they did it, they actually believed that what happened was not only compelling, but that in their minds, by addressing it and by talking about it, they did the right thing. Mm-hmm. even though there was no actual action. And I think there was a lot of statements that came out after the episode, and I think that Jeff Probst, the host, who's basically the producer and handles everything, I think he was surprised himself that the episode wasn't received well. Mm-hmm. I think he was like, oh, wow. I thought that I did everything right. You know, right. that sort of... But again, you know, if he'd talked to a woman, he would have known. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and and I don't particularly fault Jeff. I mean, he was trying. He did open up the floor. He did try to have a conversation. He did not let Dan off the hook. He made him address it. Mm-hmm. But in the end, he just didn't do anything. Right. Yeah. So. Well, and it's it's also the sort of thing where, you know, people still are struggling to deal with these kind of you know, for want of a better word, like the gray area types of harassment where it's like, you know, no, Dan probably genuinely didn't think he was doing anything wrong. And the issue is one of personal boundaries, but also the idea that, you know, when you find out that people are uncomfortable, 
you know, first, just think of the other person before you lay your hands on them. Right. <laughs> like, A, like, just very simple. Don't do that. Uh, well, and if you are going to and you suddenly find out that, hey, like, a bunch of people have talked and none of them are comfortable with it. So this is not, like, one person. Well, well, this and is, that was, there's another wrinkle in this that made it all the more horrible. Two of the women who were experiencing the uncomfortable touching weren't actually uncomfortable about it. They exaggerated how much they, how much their discomfort, their discomfort levels as part of their gameplay in order to strategically eliminate Kelly. And they said as much on this show. And then after the episode aired, they were like, they, you know, they apologized on social media and they got creamed by Twitter because they, yeah. It's not that they made up the incidents, it's that they didn't, those incidents didn't actually bother them. And for some reason, they said, they admitted that, no, that didn't actually bother us. We just made that up. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's still survivors going to survivor. Like, yeah. people are going to, you know, that's, <laughs> it is a really, like, right. spectacularly bad forum to try right. and address right. these kind of <laughs> issues. Well, it, when the gameplay uh, gets involved, but there have been a lot of instances over the years with Survivor when gameplay is not necessarily involved where you sort of like, where they have these great conversations or cover cultural issues in a really yeah. meaningful way with people who are experiencing these. Like, yeah. There was a, two weeks ago, um, a white player referred to a black player's buff as a do-rag. Opened up this whole conversation about white privilege that was absolutely fantastic. But there were no mm-hmm. repercussions, voting, or anything. It was just like a nice conversation. Right. Right. Anyway, that's Survivor. And most... <laughs> I know that... Uh, it's weird because it's still a really popular show, and I know that you know 15 million people still watch it. I don't really know that many people personally that still watch it. Yeah, I think it's kind of a it's a family thing for me. I, I stopped watching it when I had kids old enough to start watching TV. That's the thing that we sort of turned to. My friends still have, and they live all over. You know like across the country. Um, but they, they keep a, they do a survivor bet every season and they all watch it. And they, they, you know, from the first episode, I think they like each pick a player that they think will win. Fantasy survivor. Yeah. They play fantasy survivor because none of us like sports, but they, you know, that's the way they stay connected is they play. Yeah. They play fantasy survivor, but then they, whoever wins, it's always whatever their bet each season is something like really dumb or horrible. Um, well that they have to do for each other. One year it was, I think that they had to just post a social media video that was like genuinely, it had to be genuinely, um, uh, positive about whoever won, like the loser had to say it about the winner. Oh. Um, and it was so hard for them to actually muster real emotion to say something nice about the other one. <laughs> like they, t- they had to take the next season off because technically like the winner, like it had never been, the previous season hadn't been resolved. Uh, my friends are not good at no. being nice. No. Well, <laughs> there's also this thing about Survivor and for people who don't watch this and who watched it in the early seasons, they don't really understand is that Survivor it now rewards mediocrity. The only way to win is to be as mediocre as possible. Right. You have to pat. You have to not get noticed. Mm-hmm. Right. It, and it used to be that they would wait until the merge to start eliminating the good players or the likable players, but they do it almost immediately. They're like, yeah. the second episode, they're like, everybody's going to love that player. That player is awesome. We got to get rid of her. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, they do. yeah, they all have watched, they've grown up watching the show. They know the rules. So they come in with all of that knowledge right. and start, yeah, acting earlier. And I would love for the show to figure out a way to get around that. I'm not sure that it's possible, but that's been really frustrating because all of the best players are usually gone right around mid-season. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's hard to maintain. And uh, you can see them trying to put in wrinkles to the format. Like you were saying with whatever their Boston Rob and right, Sandy Island exile or whatever. Island. Yeah. Well, but it's not enough. That's not enough of a game changer. Right. 
Well, last year they to had actually um, shake up. The f- they had second chance island or whatever. Every every player was that was eliminated went to another island by themselves and just stayed there the rest of the game. And like at the end of the game, one person got to come back in. So at least you still got to see them occasionally. Yeah. But it was also really shitty. So you're saying it was like uh, Top Chef's Last Chance Kitchen? Pro- I haven't seen that, but I'm thinking it probably was. That's the that's the that's the reality show I know. So I've just compared <laughs> to that. Was it, it was it a way to keep popular players on after they? It, were it was eliminated? just everyone that was eliminated. They they went into like a sudden death uh, competition that was only for the they only aired those online. But the winner oh. of that would end up getting back into the show. Yeah, yeah. It's basically near the end. What happened? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, what else were we going to talk about tonight? Uh, let's see. Let's do a clever transition into Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the clock's running out. TikTok. There let's we go. do Watchmen. Yeah, there TikTok. We go. The clock's ticking. We're we've already gone way longer than uh, way longer way longer than we should. Uh, okay, so Watchmen. Uh, everyone's caught up. This is the one show that we've all watched, so we can all speak upon it. But we have to do it really fast. Right. Well, it was just like a really good episode. Yeah. And there were like a couple of big revelations, mostly that mm-hmm. uh, Senator Keene is behind the 7th Cavalry, but we still don't know who killed Chief Crawford. Right. Right. And not enough people, I feel like, because I read a lot of stuff online that's all talking about, because this was really the, the looking glass centric episode. Yeah. So that character, the Tim Blake Nelson character, uh but what the senator says to him is not just, you know, obviously the reveal that he's part of the 7th Cavalry, but he acknowledges that Sheriff Judd was as well. Right. Um, and both of them were supposed to be, like, taking care of the 7th Cavalry to try and mitigate some of their, like, racist tendencies. It was sort of like the two, they run herd on them right. almost like keep them from doing the more from <laughs> killing all the cops. right the idea being that they can they they pull off kind of some some lesser evils to keep them from from doing something really bad which would right. make them so, pseudo good guys maybe maybe but, well they but, think they're good guys right they think right. they are but what you know what if they actually they're still obviously perpetrating some stuff and what you know how far back was that involvement because mm-hmm. that throws into the question what we've always wondered about um, the memories of the White Knight, of that, was it the White Knight? Right. Yeah, the White Knight. And, yeah, and the, specifically the way that Angela survived and Judd and, survived. Um, right. When it seems like, at least based on what we've been shown, uh, there's no way Angela should have survived. Right. She shouldn't have survived, and certainly, and, and how involved was he? Like, was he supposed, did he have any foreknowledge of that? Was he already with the 7th Cavalry right. at that point? Right. Um, uh, so that's oh yeah, a lot. I didn't even and think about that. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but also, you have, you know, the senator saying that they they are working up to another plan. Mm-hmm. That's you know, and he's like, it's not going to be. You know, they're using the teleportation windows, and it's it's not going to be another squid. Right. But what is it like? Obviously, if he's planning another thing, like that's and not. It's going to be. It's going to be a lot of basketballs. And then it's, it's yeah, a lot best. of basketball, <laughs> but it's going to be another disaster. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but you know, I think what is the what is the uh, goal of the plan? Is it you know they had the Russians and the Americans in '85, but now is it trying right. to unite the races? Yeah, like what are they? Yeah, and it is that idea of you know the lesser evil. Right. So are they going to you know? So what is the greater evil that they're facing right now? Right. Yeah, and how bad is that lesser evil going to be? Right, and to address it, Joe Keen is trying to use this as a bouncing pad to the presidency. Redford's still the president, right? Right. Uh, yeah, so. Redford is still the president. Um, but if, again, based on just what we've been shown, uh, Adrian Veidt was the one who had engineered that, so. Right. It would stand to reason that since Vite is currently off the board on, I don't know, like a another planet. one of the moons of Jupiter or something. I don't, I don't know what that was. Um, yeah. That he is. So this is kind of like the plan that 
everyone else can can uh, can put into play now that he's not controlling everything because he's been gone. I think he said four years a couple episodes ago. Uh, so he's been gone four years. The White Knight was about three or four years ago. Like all of this kind of feels like it's converging on this on this point where uh, once Vite was uh, removed, then um, now it's the, anarchy again. It's anarchy, and the other the other players on the board are trying to jockey for whatever they whatever it is they want. Right. And, and, and that the one thing that was interesting about that speech and not that Vite is a particularly, um, uh, sympathetic character in the least, Mm -hmm. but at least he seemed to stand for something, that idea that, you know, he did this horrible atrocity. Um, but he seemed to genuinely believe that it was for a greater good, even though the groundskeeper, whoever, you know, was like, you're just selfish right. um, when he brought him back. So there is that question. I think that that's now, are the people, are these people who are jockeying for power, are they doing it for selfish reasons or do they actually have a vision for the world? Are they fighting for something or are they fighting for power? Right. Um, and we don't know enough about them right. because we've been dealing so it's been so closely um, aligned to uh, mostly Angela. But now we're starting to open it up to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, she took all of the nostalgia pills. <laughs> so she'll be next episode will be all the memories of her grandfather. Right. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's get to our game. This week's okay. game. Uh, it is the untitled happy birthday game. Was it in celebration of my birthday? Was it your birthday? It was yes, birthday. it was your birthday, <laughs> and happy birthday to Dustin. That's Thank definitely you. what this was about. Awesome. Uh, Thank you. And not that someone else's birthday is coming up maybe at the end of the week. That's, uh, oh, uh, anyway. Oh. Um, happy birthday, Tori. I have Tori. no idea what either of you t- <laughs> uh, Here's how the game will work. Uh, I Because I had so much time to plan a game this week, I have found celebrity birthdays for the week of, uh, for this week, the 17th to 23rd of November. And, uh, the, uh, these are, I, I picked mostly TV people. So they're at least tangentially related to what we talk about. And Tori and Dustin, you will be asked to tell me how old the actor or, uh, is that I'm describing closest person gets the point. Uh, first to five wins. That's, that seems pretty easy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to dominate this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A famous last words from Dustin. All right. Our first actor, born on November 17th. Uh, this actor, uh, Danny DeVito. How old is Danny DeVito? 60. Oh, that was tough. Really? No, I'm thinking 76. No. Uh, Dustin is, cr- is closer. Uh, Danny DeVito is actually 75. This wow! So that is one point for Dustin. Oh, thank you, man. You might know Danny DeVito time. from Taxi. <laughs> exactly. <And> nothing <laughs> else. Nothing else. The the stone. <laughs> you might know him from that time he slid out of a couch butt naked. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, Dylan Walsh, who was in Nip Tuck. Uh, this list that I got from the Associated uh, Press says Brooklyn yeah. Bridge. Um, <laughs> Uh, anyway, how old is Dylan Walsh? Uh, I want to say uh, 62. 50. Uh, oh, I think man. Tori's really bad at this. I have to do math. You actually tie. He's 56. Oh, okay. All right. uh, so you're both six years we off. You each get a half a point. You each get a half point. Yay. So it's Dustin, one and a half. Tori, half point. Excellent. Uh, okay, so next up... Born on November 18th, uh, which is the same day we're recording this, Delroy Lindo. How old is Delroy oh, Lindo? Wow. Currently on The Good Fight. Damn. I'm going back. Oh. oh. I actually don't want to get this one wrong because I feel like he'd kick my ass. Yeah. <laughs> also, he just well, doesn't go. age. I'm going to go with 66. Oh, I hate Sorry. you, Dustin. <laughs> I'm going to go with 60 again. All right. Dustin gets it. Uh, Delroy Lindo is 67 years old today. Wow. Uh, so Looking Dustin good, Delroy. Uh, two and a half to a half, Dustin is. <laughs> Dustin, maybe Dustin's right. He is crushing it. Yeah. Um, next up, 
Oscar Nunez from The Office and also uh, oh, some yeah. uh, State Farm commercials now. But 45. 49. I really don't want to give it to either of you. Because he's only like 35. No, uh, he is 61. What? Wow. According to this list, but Dustin is technically closer. What? So. Wow. I know. That I was list, thinking, that oh, he, list is... That's he what was the like, internet says. He was like 40 in the office, so he's like 10 years older. But wow, he was 50 in the office. I guess so. I, mean, I, didn't, I, I was shocked as well. Guys, I'd get my own age wrong if I could. <laughs> <laughs> like. Well, Dustin is crushing it. Uh, let's move on to... Uh, how about uh, Ming-Na, who was born on November 20th, so her birthday's coming up. Uh, how, how old do you think she is? Gorgeous. I feel like this is something that Tori actually knows. No, I don't, <laughs> but... Oh, she's my hero. I, um, I feel like Dustin should, should guess first, because he's in the All right. Uh, 55. Ugh. 40. Uh, Dustin is, again, shockingly close. She's 56, or will be 56 shortly. So she's 55 right now. Dustin is destroying this game. She could kick all of our asses. She could kick <laughs> Delroy true. Lindo's ass. <laughs> I would right, like to point see. out, at the, at, I, I just want to interject here. Yes. This is the moment in the podcast when I finish the bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> if only a train so, were going by right now. So so finishing a whole bottle of wine and all of a sudden you're you're excellent at guessing ages. That's right. Old right. goes old. Hashtag Dustin Cheats. Hashtag Dustin Cheats. That's <laughs> right. right. Let's, get that, let's get that. Going. Um, all right. How about uh, let's go with uh, uh, who? Wait. Who am I going for? Okay. Um, how about Nassim Pedrad, born on November eighteenth? Ooh, I love her. Uh, thirty-two. She's probably like twenty-four. Thirty-six. Uh, Dustin is closer once again. Thirty-eight. Wow. Really? So 38. Dustin has won the game. Already. Uh, he, he's five and a half, five and a half to a half point. <laughs> Destroyed Tori. Uh, this is a first. I don't actually know what to do with this. Because Tori is too nice. <laughs> uh, Dustin, I, I do have one bonus one for you just to see if you, uh, partially, I, I just want to know if you know who, uh, who I'm talking about. Because uh, I feel like you, you would. Um, Jacob Pitts. Uh, justified. Yep. He is 45. He's 40, but uh, ah. you knew who I was talking about. So yeah, that yeah. was just, that was just, I just wanted to see if you knew who Jacob Pitts was. <laughs> Clearly you did. We get to the part of the podcast where Dan just shouts out names. <laughs> I'm just going to shout, I have more if you want to, if you want to guess more. But, when was uh, Jacob's birthday? Uh, November 20th. He turns 40. Uh, so. Well, happy so birthday to everyone I lost. Happy birthday to all the wonderful actors mm-hmm. Do you have any fifteenths on there? Any what? Fifteenths, November fifteenth. I didn't look up November fifteenth because that was last week. Oh, you suck. <laughs> well, who's born on your uh, birthday, Dan? My birthday. The only person who I have on the list that is television is Miley Cyrus. <laughs> oh. Is she television? Twenty-seven on the same day that I was born. Oh. She she started. Yeah, it was true. Hannah Montana. Yeah. You know who's born on my birthday, November 15th? Emily Bone Chambers. Emily Bone Chambers. (laughs) Damn right. (laughs) Yeah, I like how she got a fancy cake from Ursula and you got sick children. It's appropriate Dad, way to celebrate I just your birthday. Pooped in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday! <laughs> well, happy birthday, Dustin! And uh, as a birthday present, and not because you just won the game, uh, you get to either rant or choose who rants uh, uh, to end the uh, podcast tonight. What was I going to rant about earlier? Briefly. Uh, oh yeah, I can do this in sixty seconds, okay. and we need to keep it short because we're running long. Right. Yes. Uh, uh, sixty hang on, seconds. Hang on. All right, clock's ready. Um, For those journalists, entertainment reporters, who keep predicting and speculating and theorizing on shows like Watchmen, 
or The Walking Dead or what have you. We know you have screeners. We know how many episodes you have seen. You are cheating, sir or madam. Please stop. Thank you and good night. Says right, the man who was... literally has screeners and never watches them. Right. Never. Is that because of uh, does it does it offend your sense of honor to, uh, it does. to jump ahead? It does. I watch. <laughs> I I wait until Friday night to watch uh, Walking Dead screeners until the week is gone in case I want to write about Walking Dead during the week for my other job at Uprocks because I write right. about them all the time. And I'm like I will not watch the episode until I'm ready to start talking about the next episode. And the thing is, AMC they track it. They you know they know when you watch it. So I'm like. They know if you're cheating. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just couldn't keep them tra- keep them straight if I watched too many at once. Seriously, yeah, like, I would. I would definitely that would have be... that problem and accidentally, like, I wouldn't think I'm being clever. I would just accidentally reveal stuff. I feel like, yeah, yeah. I think when Game of Thrones came out, I watched uh, screeners for like the f- first of all. I watched screeners for the f- like. I think they gave out six. I watched all six in like a night, and then I had to wait. You had six to wait, like yeah, month and a half, seven <laughs> weeks to watch another episode while everybody else is enjoying talking about it. And the only way to really start talking about it again is to watch the episode again. So you've lost it. Plus, you don't remember what happened in which episode. Right. I think screeners suck. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> and that was sixty seconds, probably, <laughs> or you know. I mean, I actually stopped the clock at the end of your official rant. Thank you, because we were just talking off the cuff then. Well, was it part of the rant? I needed to to interject there because I had no opinion. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's the show. Thanks everybody. Uh, thanks, Tori. Good night, Dustin, everybody. Good night, everyone, and Dustin. happy birthday to everyone, not me. <laughs> the other happy two. Birthday. I feel like you're probably a November birthday too for some reason. Me? Yeah, no? No, June. Oh. So, you know, keep that in the back of your mind for the next six, seven months. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Have a good night. Thanks. Good night. Good night.